a worn letter sits with your name upon it. And you, you begin to read, Dear Cater, When you return from Bastonia, I hope this letter finds you well. I hope you return safe. Every day I worry those years ago would be the last time I laid my eyes upon you. I trust you that this letter finds you, and when it does, I have need of your assistance. Dear Gustav, I hope you and May are doing well. I long for her lemon chocolate bars. I miss the sound of the two of you cooking and wish that music upon my ears daily. Please give May my best. I wish I was writing to inform you of my next visit. However, dear daughter, I know we haven't spoken in a long while. I've failed to write. For that I'm sorry. I've kept up on your performances. I've heard all about your show and Yuri and the marvels you can do. While you've been gone, I've ventured onto my greatest exploration yet. I went to Argos. I've been there many years, but I've discovered something extraordinary. Something dangerous. I've neglected to share this with anyone outside of the Derringer family for fear that it getting out could cause Goron's next great calamity. Please make, make your way, way to Argos and, and then Prynth. Find your sister and Vanessa at the Derringer Field Estate in Prynth. Our, Our family crest is on the front of the building. You can't miss it. Vanessa will tell you more once you get there. I'm afraid someone is onto my discovery and following me. Hurry, son, with all the speed of the wind. Love, Daddy. Dad. Welcome back to Campaign 4. I, of course, the DM. My name is Dwayne. And if we'll go around the, the room, the digital room, as it were, um, whoever wants to go first, introduce yourself. Quickly, everybody wants. I'm Devin. Hey, everyone. I'm Devin. And I'm Devin. I don't know if you want any additional information. Say the character, character you're Move on. Oh, I'm Devin, and I'm playing Kato, the Warforged. Uh, hi, I'm Abon, and I'm playing Darling the Fox Folk. Hi, I'm Scott Shane, and I'm playing Gustam Derringer, the uh, Wild Hunt Shifter Druid. And I would like to welcome you back to Aurora. We see a scene as our as our vision comes from black we see a hooded figure walks forward towards a raised throne carefully raising its legs as it walks stepping over obstacles in its way to the throne as the hooded figure walks towards the throne it begins to speak I've been here since the beginning you know I still remember it all. I remember when our history started. 
and all the great plans we thought we had. I remember when they found the arcane torrent, the day Goron shook to its core, only for a war to rage across its surface. I remember when the war ended and the scars began to heal, at least superficially. I remember the Guardians and the Arcanists, who they really were. Not how Goron remembers them today. I remember a fragile peace that lasted hundreds of years. I remember watching as the first of the doors were opened again, and after being closed for so very long, they thought they had found something new, something great. I remember Sybil, and how her thirst for vengeance led to the next war to ravage Goron. One person's darkness nearly put the world to sleep for good. I remember the wars of the heavens. I remember how these supposed pillar gods created more powerful beings to do their bidding. I remember our pact, and how so many of you broke it. I remember watching the arcane torrent, the very web that holds Goron together, threatened, and oh how you all sat idly by while our creations gave their lives to restore the weaves and waves of the torrents. How can they still pray to us when we failed them, so masterfully we failed them? They call me mother and call out for my praise. Perhaps once I was a mother, but these hands are stained red. But the scales must be reset. I remember everything I've ever created. Brothers, I seek to create peace. By boom or by blade, Goron will have Peace or silence. The hooded figure sits upon a throne, poised above the scattered bodies of Ilo, Zutra, Etis, Andron, and the rest of the pantheon the pillar gods created. The hooded figure looks down upon the carnage and a smile forms. I'm home. Welcome back to Koran. A world of promise and perseverance. A world still healing from the closing of the doors 20 years ago. Goron was threatened by horrendous fiends and the instability of the arcane torrent. Some think that tale won for children and exaggerated for entertainment in the Red Roof Inns. Then there's those that know the truth of it. Not half measures, but whole measures. 
how close Goron was to being a very different place entirely. Guardians of Goron is a story told around campfires, hearths, and at the bedsides of the young before bed. A story of hope and a story of redemption. But we welcome you to Agos, the new frontier of Goron, a largely unexplored continent full of the unknown. This land is ripe for the taking, and those who come to Agos do so for adventure, treasure, and the history of it. With the coals of war settling, the world begins to explore again. Factions from all over Goron have begun sponsoring expeditions deep into the heart of Agos. All adventures start from Prenith, the only true foothold of civilization on Agos. The waves of the sea begin to crash against the cliffside, and we can hear the ringing of bells cascading along the open waters as boats rise and fall with the crashing of waves against the cliffs. The docks stretch far and wide along the cliffside, built against and into the cliffs themselves. The docks float on the ocean with large ships attached to them for safekeeping. No ship captain wanted to see their boat wander off to explore the ocean without its crew, after all. In the center of these docks, a metal track that spans 60 feet up the cliffside. They can be seen mounted under the cliffs. At the bottom of the tracks is a large platform with gears that protrude from the cliffs. While unconventional to say the, le- the least, cliffside docking is still the safest way to dock one ship at Agos. Others have tried to make landfall on the other parts of this unforgiving land, and that's not to say they haven't found success. It is to say, however, that it's not suggested, recommended, or endorsed for anyone to make landfall anywhere else than at Prenneth Docks. And... Like that, our new heroes find themselves feet first on floating docks. These docks rise and fall as the waves crash around them. This experience can be a bit jarring to anyone without sea legs, and frustrating for those with them. Sea spray kicks up into the wind, leaving the air tasting of salt and adventure. Welcome home, my players. And to set the scene a little more clearly for you, these docks sit at the base of cliffs where water is crashing into these cliffs and they're 60 feet up. And so there is this freight elevator that you have to climb aboard and then it goes up to bring you to the top of these cliffs. So all ships actually dock at the base of these cliffs where at sea level. But the three of you have reunited after getting off your passages. I will note, and it is important for the story, that we do have Kato and we do have Darling, uh, where Gustum is the different person who actually is sitting in this scene with a wagon. Yeah, I've got uh, my wagon all loaded up with uh, my mobile kitchen, my, my food truck. Uh, it's a, it is a covered wagon with a big opening on the side, stove in there, all my cookware. It's pulled by my two noble steeds, uh, Sugar and Spice, the donkeys. Uh, and it has a large script over the top that says Panda Express. Uh, 
Some things. I've had time for that one. It's so good. Never change. Have to worry about it. Not a sponsor. Uh, I imagine I quickly gather my things, and I proceed to one of your elevators that is attached at the base of the cliff. Do, do you communicate with your people? Because like you guys have. Reunited. Oh, I thought they were like at the top, like, like I, the carts at the top, weird... right? I haven't made up there. No, yet. no, no. We're not doing this weird, awkward ship thing. You guys have all gotten off. You're on the floating docks together. You've all at least rejoined to enough where you saw each other. And that's where you are. Um, would I know Sugar and Spice, or are these acquired in the past? Like, yeah, I don't think you've okay. met them. I think I'll look at you, and I'll just... Brother? Kato! And kind of looking at your cart, as if it's news, like, you've upgraded, it appears. Yeah, my dude, I gotta have a way to make money in the new world. Indeed, this seems to be a sufficient way to acquire funds. Yeah, and I can still cook, which I love. Are you still... Do you eat yet? I do not partake as you might hope. However, I can appreciate a well-cooked meal. At least as far as the ingredients are concerned. Very cool. And what about you, little Sprout? How have you been? Uh, Just dandy. And I feel like... The floors are definitely moving beneath us, right? Because we're just on board, Absolutely. Boys, right? Rising and falling. Yeah, I mean, it is... Like I said, if you are not used to being on a boat, it is real disorienting. I feel like she could work with it. She's a dancer. Just find the rhythm of the water. She'll be riding it. Yeah. No problem. Probably the best suited out of all three of you, actually, <laughs> to adapt. You guys want to hop on the old wagon and we'll get her rolling? That would probably be the best way to do things, wouldn't it? Yeah, why walk? I agree. I will accept your ride. Could I hop on the back of the cart and sit on it? I know this business. <laughs> I made potato pancakes if anybody wants it. And and so you guys, uh, you travel forward onto the, the freight elevator and you hear the grinding of gears as it slowly raises you up the 60 feet and as you do so it is important to note there are many 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 docks below you as you're coming up but you only see this one freight elevator and then to your right which would be the east because you're looking out of the ocean or your east right um it would be to your right as you're looking i guess it would be the west more correctly but there is a set of docks that you notice are not nearly as busy as the other ones and their ships appear to be more armored and military-esque of everybody else. And then you see the, the middle docks and then the docks to the east. Um, they're more busy, way more mercantile, way more adventure-esque, like kind of a, a little bit of everything showing up and just crowded and busy as far as like there are ships there and people are constantly working. And you notice as you're going up, a lot of these people who look like they're here consistently, they're not bothered by the waves and the rising of the docks. You can tell this is done really well from like a mechanical perspective that they are used to this. Um, so as as the scene unfolds and you guys reach the top, you hear it's, there's a loud jarring noise as it locks into place uh, and you guys are able to dispatch from there. 
And so, and so you do. You dispatch from this elevator and you come out to Prentith Harbor. And immediately you can you can take in Prentith Harbor, which is a smaller, we'll say, satellite office of Prentith. Um, and essentially, you've got a, a handful of buildings that you can see here. You can see there's a building off to your right. Um, there's a larger warehouse-looking building off to your left, um, and it's probably about you know 600 yards in that direction. Um, and then to the west and east are these larger towers that look like watchtowers. Um, and then, yep, that covers it. Those are the buildings you can see. Uh, oh, directly north from you, uh, about half a mile, you can see. Um, like the cobble this cobblestone path begin to form and it looks like an actual official road it should be noted that it is um dusk as you guys approach what would you like to do this just so i have my bearings we are currently in printeth you are in printeth harbor, harbor which is not actually attached to printeth itself Okay, and we need to get to Prenith because that's where Dad said Correct. the letters. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we know how to get from the harbor to Prenith proper? I don't. Mm. Can can I roll a? Do we? Is there? Some, can I roll some sort of check, uh, Dwayne, to try to get my bearings? Uh, I man, let's see. I would say. Roll a perception check, and we'll start there. Okay. I rolled a 21. Oh, with a 21, you notice two things. One, this path that I mentioned that's got this cobblestone. Looks like a road. It's got, uh, like, from there you can see there's these, like, eight-foot-tall pylon. Not pylon. uh, We'll say parapets. Tiki torch-esque tiki torch-esque and the top of them they've got these blue lights kind of blowing that looks like a very official road to you and to your right you see like what can only be a harbor's master's um like building so okay. you can get more information but that road seems like it leads somewhere important well you guys want to like check in with the locals and see what's up or you just want to follow this road since it's a newly discovered land we perhaps should talk to the locals for sure i'm just gonna like uh park and set up shop and i'll probably like sell some goods and maybe talk to some folks and we'll go from there great sister i will accompany you to wherever you'd like to go first unless you'd like some help setting up first me no i should be able to handle it you guys i'm not super great at like I speak better with my food than I do with my words, you know? Indeed. Are there other people coming from the boats, right, Dwayne? Yeah, yeah. You guys uh, you guys were alone on this freight elevator this time, but as you guys step off, you hear it kind of go down and it come back up. And you're, it, this, is also, this is not like a dead area. There are people coming and going. You could easily stop somebody and talk to them um, if you didn't want to go into the, into the buildings officially. I'd be down for going to the buildings officially, especially if it is noticed. <laughs> sure. You tell me what you want to do. Uh, I'm going to follow Darling uh, to wherever she's going to go. She's going to be in tow for her. Perfect. 
cult. The the freight masters building. They they ought to know all the fun things. Yeah, the harbor masters. Harbor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally fine. Uh, hey Shane, while uh, we're doing this, do me a favor and go ahead and roll a uh, performance check. Um, are you proficient with performance? I'm not. Could I go like just do you, to roll my cook however, utensils? I was about to say you may use your cook utensils instead. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, let me do that. So, yep, yep, yep. That's why I wanted to check. Um, and while you're doing that, we'll come back around to that. So, Darling and Kato, you guys veer off to the east a little bit. And you come up on uh, the... You notice the edge of this cliff next to the elevators is a small and somewhat simple-looking office that's overlooking the elevators and the docks. Um, you can see that there's lights on the outside of the building and from the inside are azure in design. They give off this blue glow into them. Um, and then uh, you guys approach and outside the door, the words Harbor Master are inscribed. And as you're approaching it, uh, somebody is walking out and you're greeted by the dwarf, this dwarfman. And, uh, you know, he's burly looking. He's got a brown engineer's cap. He's wearing black overalls, and he's got thick black boots on. He's got this gray beard, and his, his skin is lined with wrinkles, and he pops out, and he's like, oh, oh, excuse me. Oh, no problem. She'll just kind of, like, dance around and go towards the door. Uh, uh, he, like, shuts it. Did you need something? Uh, yeah, to talk to the harbor master, unless you're hip. Uh, that's me. Oh, it gives you a big old grin. Beautiful, perfect. Um, perhaps you can be the one with the best directions. Following that big road down the way with all the little stones, that's towards Prinneth, right? Or uh, path to Prinneth. Yep. Oh, wonderful, easy. Then we shouldn't be lost at all. Thank you. Nope. Be careful. Be safe. Uh, excuse me, sir. I do have one inquiry. Yeah. The approximate distance from here to Prinneth proper. Well, if you've got a, cow- a cart, it's about ten hours. Noted. Thank you for this information. Is there anything else of note that we should be concerned about as we make our way toward Prinneth proper? Is this your first time here, Negos? I, I, uh, I assume. Oh, certainly. All right, that's a that's a problem. Um, it's a dangerous place. I wouldn't. Uh... I wouldn't go out there thinking, thinking differently. If you're not equipped to fight, I, I would find someone who is and travel with them. Oh no, I have my brother here. Look how strong he is. <laughs> and my sister has never been one to, to experience danger and, and run from it. I think that we will be okay. Uh, you see, um, you see Walsh look at Darling. And he kind of like looks at her. Huh. Thought I knew you some, from somewhere. Anyways, be be careful. Um, day or night, honestly, this place is not for the faint of heart. Well, thank you very much. We'll be wary. Yeah, if you rent a cart, get the insurance. Most people don't and end up losing it. I guess I'll make sure my other brother has insurance on the cart. <laughs> I, that's, that's what I would suggest, yeah. Sir, what is your name? I failed to ask you at the beginning of our conversation. 
Not Walsh. Walsh sincerely. Walsh, we are most appreciative for this information and appreciate your time as well. Thank you. Very polite. I appreciate it. As you were. And he, like, walks past you guys. Very happy to do his job. That's good. We need those kind of people out in the world. Gonna go back and wow. find our other one, brother. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> we, we, what a trip tonight's been. <laughs> Hey, uh, Shane. Yeah. Tell me what did Gustum get for his uh, for his cooking utensils roll? Got a dirty twenty. That's pretty good. I'm gonna say you set up shop, and, and you know you're not open too long uh, by the time they get back. But I, I'm gonna say you made a couple gold selling meals and to I'm, people and going by. Because go ahead. I'm. Uh... I'm like, step right up, my brothers in nature. Get that taste of salted herring out of your mouth with some spinnamon hotcakes, my guys. Fresh and delicious. Come get them. And I'm like making these swirled hotcakes, and I, I reach into my uh, haversack of, of spices. What's that called? Uh, Heward's Handy Spice Pouch. And I go, cinnamon. And I'm getting my cinnamon in there, and I'm, I'm spinning the hot cakes and frying them in hot oil, uh, and just oh, hot cakes sound so good. Especially when you've been on a ship for months, and like all you've had is just like stowed rations and no kind of spice. I'm gonna be hungry no kind of all anything. podcast, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, now that I'll start bringing food. Um, yeah, and I think I think you you get a couple gold. So go ahead and selling add, uh, like hot cakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead and add six gold to your character sheet. I will do that. As as people who are just fucking tired of stored fish and and stored herrings and you know all the salted meats that you would actually try and travel with and and this fruit as it spoils and or you run out of it, happy to have a hot meal right out of the gate. And I'm going to chat these folks up while they're kind of eating around my truck. Like, yo, what's the newcomer got to know about Prentice, guys? Uh, do you, do you want to talk it out or do you just want the info dump? Your choice. Yeah, I think um, with a 20, uh, you make some gold and you get echoing sentiments of people expressing, hey, if you're coming to Prentice, know that like the, the trek there while is as safe as it gets in a ghost that doesn't make it safe so and then uh we have kato and darling rejoin you as you have set up shop still brother and sister welcome back thank you what did you learn so Real quick, I'm sorry. I have to break something because I need the immersion for me. When you stop and shut up, set up shop, is it you've got this met, like wooden wagon that you like raise up and then kind of have like a covering? Exactly right. Okay, it's so got like the, it's like the one, of, one of wooden the, in nature. Yeah, one of the, and one of the wall. Okay. It basically has like a latch that lifts up, 
and then it, so like part of it lifts up and part of it lifts lifts out and that comes out like to my counter and then it's like a little almost awning we'll cover it over yes perfect okay and i and, just wanted and, to make sure we and what i'll do is is i'll leave it all closed up and i'll cook and i'll get that smell going nice and good and then i open those windows out and just let the smell just hit everybody wafts oh love that all right i'm sorry go ahead uh what did you guys learn Oh, it's just a 10-hour short walk uh, towards Prentice proper. Nice. But we must be in a cart to do so. Apparently, it's dangerous. Oh, in a cart. Well, lucky for us. Indeed. You guys uh, hungry yet, or...? Um, can I do can I do something? I want to... I haven't been with Brother for a long time. I think I would like to roll just the, like... I don't know. See if he's attracted to this food smell. Tell me what you want to do. Warforge can smell and they can taste. They have the same senses as humans do. He yeah, just he just has it. Like I don't think he's been had this deep desire to. I, so I want to know how attracted I might be to this food. And I will kind of just what I'm saying is I want that dice to tell the story. That, that's you, man. You don't have to I roll know, for that. But I want you can make that character choice. Let me. Um, if you want to roll a d20, just roll one to yeah, determine how good you so, feel about so, it. But. Like, do you, do you want to do like a contested roll against my cook's utensil roll to see if you like it? Is that am I, am I trying to win you over? I don't. Well, he's not like necessarily <laughs> fighting it. I think just food has never been something that has like tempted him or has been like, oh, I really need to. You know, that smell makes me want to try that. And so I, I just, I think it would be if you're so good, like that would be something that Kato should be like, oh, maybe I will eat this. If, I if, think if, Kato would be able to appreciate smell. Yes. I'm just gonna do a roll. We'll let this tell me how into it yeah. I am. And I think anytime you cook I just, around, I, I hate to be that DM, but there's just nothing that I'm gonna have you to decide a character choice like that. You can roll. Well, he figures that out. Darling is definitely gonna take one because she's very interested. Food sucked on the ship. Everything's awful. Uh, so yes, please. I would love one for sure. For sure, cinnamon. Or, I'm sorry, spinnamon hotcake coming right up from my little sprout. Here you go. And then I'm going to have to insist that you eat this potato pancake. It's very nutritious. She will eat both, and she's going to try and sell it. <laughs> like just lean on the side of the cart. People coming on by. You just stand there very nicely. Oh, like mm, pose. delicious. <laughs> mm, nice. Uh. For eating my potato pancakes, which are my specially prepared treats, uh, you will gain two temporary hit points. Oh, nice. <laughs> Kato um, has been kind of just surveying the people walking around. I think you catch his eye as he kind of looks over at Darling eating one and seems intrigued uh, by the cakes. Bro, are you are you feeling my nosh? You want some of my grub? They do smell extremely good. Alright, here you go, man. One cinnamon hotcake. We will take it and kind of observe it from all sides. And uh, he takes a bite of that. And his eyes kind of like boom. Just like a like a light blue, and he's like <laughs> This is fantastic, brother. Your skill has grown now, enormously. Oh, thank you. It's a lot of hard work. And, you know, my wife. Uh, oh, I'm married, dudes. This is a revelation. 
I don't think I, I don't think, it, think that there hasn't been a family reunion in five years. Yes, and I. Yeah, it would have been coming up on the reunion. Yeah. Yeah, that. I'm married. My wife. Avon's an official timekeeper, so she'll be able to tell. <laughs> yeah, she, uh, about five years. She's she's taught me a lot too. So. Well, congratulations are in order. And is she with you? Yes. And he looks around as if he's missed her. No. Looks man. at looks at salt and spice. <laughs> Sugar. I, and spice. I know that you Sugar are too a beast at times. No, 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 no. She's uh, she's like a half elf. She, she's uh, we have a restaurant uh, back in Riverwood, uh, Riverside. In Riverside. I'm sorry, uh, Riverside. And uh, she's she's manning the shop while I'm here. These are all fantastic things to learn about you, brother. I am so happy for you. Yeah, and and I'm gonna have to insist that you eat this potato pancake. It's very nutritious. And he takes that. Is this? It is very delicious. Yeah, and he you takes it. Definitely have one. And he he eats that as well. And again, his eyes were for just like <laughs> just a second, and he's like, "I could eat this forever." Nice, man. I'm glad you like it, and you'll get uh, two additional temporary points. <laughs> How long does that last again? Uh, they last until so temporary hit points last until uh, they are used, or until you take a long rest. Uh, some some fall off. Depending on the spell, there's like effects. a spell that says you. specifically it only lasts this long. But uh, but like for, for this, this is from the um, chef feat. Um, so specifically, Perfect. I can make a number of treats equal to my proficiency bonus, which is two. I was able to give one to each of them, so they just have two temp HP, and as soon as they get used up, I just gone. Excellent. Awesome. Just wanted to keep that in mind. Yep. Perfect. Also, Dwayne gave us all so three feet. Mine's the chef feat. He's still cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Why don't you guys go around and talk about? It? Well, we'll just wait until they come and play. Yours sure. is the chef feet. So yeah, what she's like? I like to spice up. The- go ahead. Oh, May. She's yeah. uh, she's beautiful and smart and funny and kind, and she cooks really good. And uh, she learned from this lady named Teresa. That was uh, you guys remember Atlas? You know Atlas. And uh. Kato's eyes yeah. change to like a green. Um, in his hand, you, if you want to, see, he, he like reaches back towards kind of the the weapon on his back, and he says, "I am extremely familiar with Atlas." Yeah, it, it was uh, Atlas's mom taught my wife how to cook. What an honor that was! Yeah, and I and I picked up a couple of her secrets too. Even. It's rather special, isn't it? Yeah. So you could say things are going pretty good. Indeed. Then I came here. <laughs> well, I'm super excited because, like, the only thing that bugs me is I like to try new stuff. And there's not a lot of new stuff back home. But this place is nothing but new stuff for me to try. It's definitely going to be an interesting time for sure. The benefits will be gratuitous. <laughs> and plus, I'm worried about that. Hmm. Aren't you guys worried about? Well, typically, uh, I, I think I would call him still Declan. I think he would still. <laughs> I guess this is a uh, follow up from C1. I call my dad by his first name. 
uh, historically. <laughs> Always. <laughs> but don't worry. Two episodes in, it will change. Papa. <laughs> you have won my respect, Listen, father. you all get to experience it. Uh, <laughs> Daddy Darren, you're the badass. <laughs> we just read this. Okay. Um, Declan always seems to be able to remove himself from dangerous situations. While I, his his missing does cause a, a, a spike in concern, he usually makes a way out. True enough. Toddy does what Toddy does. <sighs> that's what Darling calls Declan. Yeah, you would. Oh. You guys would know that that's what she calls Declan instead of Declan or Daddy. But his... I call him Robert. I don't know why. <laughs> it's because I've had all these these special brownies I baked. <laughs> you gotta try one of these. You gotta try one of these brownies, Kato. <laughs> Do you want to try one of my brownies? They're out of this world. So, well, get it so up, guys- sugar. Get it up, spice. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> Get up sugar and spice for the rest of the podcast. That makes me so happy. Tally ho to the horizon. <laughs> they don't move. <laughs> Follow that star. Now they do. <laughs> yeah, now they do. Um, and so uh, I assume you guys, you, you pack up, close everything up, and then you guys uh, head out, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. For the sake of uh, transparency and for mechanical tracking, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys that you have you are considered rested before your trip. So it, before you freak out about the fact that it's a 10-hour trip, know that we're starting this as your for your start of your day because you've been relaxing on a ship this entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys are going to go forward. And so you, you begin forward and you head towards the, the outpost. And you notice um, there is a building, not outpost, the path to Preneth. You notice there's a building on your right, which looks like kind of an outpost-esque building where you can like rent carts, possibly buy stuff. But you can tell that's where people gather up before making the trip to Preneth if they didn't have a cart or anything like that. So you guys approach the path to Preneth, and, and currently your cart is moving on grass, dirt, and a combination of, like, earth and clay and stuff like that. You can tell that they didn't worry about the foundation here as much, except for under buildings, until you start hitting the path to Preneth. Your cart, sugar and spice, and then your cart kind of bump up onto this cobblestone road. And you can tell this path stretches for a long distance, and it's starting to get dark. This path is illuminated by about eight foot tall torches, essentially. They stand straight up. They're not super uh, thick in any way, shape, or form. But at the top of them would be these um, uh, lanterns, essentially, giving off this bright blue light in about a 10 foot radius. So, uh, sorry, not a 10 foot, 20 foot radius, because the path is 40 feet wide. So you can have comings and goings. Um, and that's going to give you some outstretching into the distance. I will say that Abon would know 
that these are Azure torches, which are um, <clears throat> magically enhanced uh, lanterns. So they're not actually flames. They are magically generated lights. Neat. Because you would have been in the shows and seen the newer technology and stuff like that, especially given your experience with the um, the Asylum of... Style. Style, thank you. And so you guys continue off. Um, and so you hear the rattling of your, your cart's wheels against cobblestone, and there's a slight bounce because no cobblestone road is perfect. Um, and it's almost calming the night and in the night again you can't see super far out um let's go ahead and get this out of the way who has dark vision uh i believe i do uh, i don't i don't know do it? it would be weird if you did yeah i thought so too but i'm trying to just make sure that it is on here so that uh, what i'm doing that i'm assuming hey uh features traits racial traits well it doesn't look like i have it but I also have a homebrew race. Uh, <laughs> so it doesn't look uh, like it. <laughs> then you probably don't. That seems weird for fox folk, but, but she, I, they're probably bouncing She can turn into else. a fox, and that fox has dark vision, I think. Yeah, that's fair enough. I actually don't see it on here, uh, but let me and look. Then, and then Warforge might not, I guess. Seems, again, just me. Seems weird that it doesn't. All right, I'm driving. Yeah, so you're driving, and there's there's some light okay. here, but uh, from the Azure torch. Just I just need to know for how far you can see out past the the the, the lit path. So you guys, yeah, cats. Track. The Is there any... I got zebra. What? Zebra just made the point that cats in the monster manual, like per their stat block, even though cats can see in the dark in real life, do not have dark vision. Oh, that's a good point. Um, we just, she just sent me over the stat block uh, for a giant fox and no. does not have dark vision. No. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you are the one lone dark vision person. <clears throat> Noted. I was hoping all three of you would say it and I'd say, I don't care, <laughs> but it turns out. But you said uh, you have dancing no. lights. Do you want to cast, cast dancing yeah, lights? Yeah, I'm going to the... cast dancing lights to like. Is that going to give you enough? Is that going to give you enough reach? Well, you can adjust where they are, right? Yeah, you can put yeah, them anywhere. I can oh. put four torch cool. sized lights within range, which is 120 feet. Um, and I mean, she can put she can make them like literally like headlights on the front of the car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. And uh, backlights too, <laughs> just when they yeah. need to know when we're braking, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> Um, or you could do like those cars. You could change the color and make them red when we break. The bar lights. Mm. Oh, yeah. The KC lights. Um, hey, let's let's get this out of the way. Uh, how, how, what does casting look like for you, darling? Oh, yeah. She has a cute little fan that she'll bring out and wave. Um, like one of those spready fans that you like wave yeah, like, yourself, right? Okay. Yeah, it's got like paper on it. Um, but there's barely any markings on it, but it will have like off in the corner egos and like a little symbol of um, an N and an arrow pointing upwards. Okay. Um, just just for fun detail. Um, yeah. 
and she'll cast with her fan, and if, if there's like little magic sparkles, because that's how I like to flavor text my magic. Um, I imagine it would kind of look blue, fiery, wispy, and so her dancing lights would kind of reflect the same vibe. Little will-o'-wisps. Will-o'-wisps. Yeah, yep. love that. And how much light do they give off again? Uh, they will shed a dim light in a 10-foot radius. Okay, perfect. So you would have to move them further out into the distance if you wanted them to go into the shadows. Perfect. Good. Yep, and I have to keep them, I think, 20 feet within each other. Noted. Perfect. Okay. Uh, great. And so you guys continue forth. Is there any conversation you guys want to have with each other as you're kind of moving along this path? Because it is a 10-hour ride. You guys just relax, and I got plenty of snacks. Well, I'd rather keep an eye out. They did say it was kind of dangerous out this way. Oh, I can smell danger, Sprout, and I got my nose working overtime. What does danger smell like? Mostly it smells like, uh, pennies. Hmm, he's referring to blood. Smell of blood. Yeah, you got it, my dude. Huh. But just as, as, a, as a point of note, uh, I do, as a, as a um, wild hunt shifter, have an incredible keen sense of smell, and I am keeping a nose out. Perfect. Uh... What, do you get a bonus when rolling perception with smell? Uh, when I'm shifted, I get advantage on that, but um, but you're not shifted. I, it just it. I'm not shifted right now, so it's just I have a I have a passive perception of sixteen. Um, okay, so we can just use no, that. that's perfect. And everybody, what are you? The other two just hanging out in the back of the car. You guys going through a shit? You guys just relaxing, sitting on the back, sitting on the front. It's important that I know these things. We're about to get hit by an airstrike. <laughs> it's it's a covered wagon with canvas, right? No. No, no. It's, it's all wood. All wood? I want to sit it's, on it's top. Like, it's like a food, food truck. Oh, I want to sit nice. on the very top, in like still facing frontwards, so I can still talk to Gustum. Do I call you Gus? Is that allowed? Would you a lot be mad of at do. that? Okay. A lot of people do, man. Oh, I, I was just trying to figure out, because as your sibling, I was like, what do I call him? Uh, I think it just depends on your mood. Gus is like, it's not free and relaxed, and then, <laughs> you know, well, I'm, well I was, I'm probably cooking it, so I'm probably ringing the dinner bell. <laughs> um, Gustum is spelled G-U-S-T-U-M. It is Latin for taste, I believe. Yum. Gus, yum. Um, I'll say, Gus, do you have any children? No, not yet. We've uh, been working these last few years getting the restaurant up and kind of establishing, you know, our brand. But maybe when I get back, you know, little, uh, little, little snack-sized Gus, you know? A bun in the <laughs> oven, one might say. Yeah, dude, now you're feeling it. So that from Zebra. Thank you, Zebra. Well, that would be rather cute. Be yeah. a cuddly bear. I've, I've heard when Toddy would talk of you as a cub. 
Yeah, it's been it's been too long since we've had a new Derringer, you know. I just wonder where they if they would be as cute as you were when we found you. Uh, uh I can't speak to that, my guy. I was uh, very small. Indeed. Um, I will uh, at this time. You'll kind of, if, if there's like some moment of silence as this cart is going along. Um, of one of one of the eyes of Cato will go like a like a maroon or red color, okay. and then out in front you can see a a shadow that is very similar to him begin to walk uh, fifteen feet in front of um, in front of the the cart, and you can see like kind of through the shadow. That the the one of the other uh, the opposite eye on the shadow is a uh, that same red as he is walking in front. Uh, that comes from my Echo Knight feature that I have, so I can create this shadow. So that will be happening a lot. Um, it has to be stay within thirty feet of me when it's manifested. Um, it only ha- it has sixteen AC and one hit point immunity to all conditions. So just kind of like a sentry figure shadow. This is just a almost like a a shadow of you so it, it looks it's like exactly you, it's like me a, yeah it's an echo frame almost mm-hmm. perfect almost ghost in nature yeah ethereal that's the word thank you um perfect and you guys continue your traveling and you're you're on the road for we'll say five hours so you're about halfway there and you've seen carts um and groups coming the opposite direction. So far, no one's come behind you. No one's passed you or anything, but you've passed by a couple. And and as as we've been passing them, I've been offloading my leftover hotcakes and be like, tell your friends about the Panda Express. Oh my god! And the <laughs> the I think one cart accepts it. The other Fair three enough. that pass you very suspicious of you. Um, the one thing you notice is you guys are the only single cart. The other groups you have passed have been either two or three carts in their little caravan. Oh, like little caravans, okay. Yep. So we're kind of we're kind of running risky solo, huh? Mm. Yeah, we could mm-hmm. infer. Correct. I will let you make your own inferences unless you want to like try and roll investigations and stuff like that. I don't want to feed you too much about this dangerous world. No, I'm going no, to crush you with. I'm I'm Anyways, so you guys approach I, after about five hours. Um, you can see out in the distance, we'll say 300 feet from you, you've been on this beautifully well-lit path. About 300 feet away, you can see darkness. And there's a good stretch of darkness, and then you can see as your torches pick up again. But you can't exactly tell how far the darkness is. Enough that you can see the whole interaction, but you don't know how deep that darkness is. Hmm. That's very strange that it's dark right there. Um, can I do, uh, I want to see if it's like some kind of magical darkness of nature. Or is it because it's like a forest that we see? Or is it just suddenly like a wall of darkness? From where you are, because it's dark, because it's 300 feet out, you just see that you've got torches, it's dark, and then you can see a little bit further that it's dark. Kind of like a darkness in the path. Okay, and so like, why don't we? Uh, yeah. go I was gonna say, it's kind of like we're be- like at a campfire, like outside the ring. It's darker because of the light that is in the ring. Is it kind of like that between the? Think f- of it just- like streetlights. A break are in off. the chain. A break in the chain. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost like, like the path is illuminated, but we see a dark spot, and then we see the path. Okay. It's almost like a bunch of street lights were out. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Like that. Uh, uh hey, darling. Uh, why don't you get those lights strung out as far as we can get ahead? That way, we can maybe, uh, as we get closer, kind of take care of this darkness a little bit. Yeah. No problem. And then she'll she'll have her little string of lights go ahead of them by 120 feet at the furthest she can make it go. Okay. Kind of maybe yeah, and so, do like a U-ish pattern. Yeah, so you, you send them forth to basically run uh, a scouting, giving some light. And so... Just, as you guys, yeah, it shows the path ahead. Yeah, as you guys continue to travel, you're able to see that dark spot looks like there's just... There's the lines of torches, and they're off. And, and as you get closer, it looks like it's about 60 feet worth of torches. And there's torches about 10 feet apart. They, they try and keep it well lit, well maintained. Can I reach out to one of them and cast Mending? Ooh. See if it's just broken? Yeah, how would we turn them on? Because Darling would know. How Darling? Would she? She knows of Let's them. roll an arcana check to see if she would know how to operate them versus knowing what they are. Because this is newer tech. As for mending, um, you kind of would have to know the break or the tear. So if you want to do an investigation check on in, the In that lantern, case, what I will do is I will cast Guidance on Darling okay. as she makes her arcana check to try to figure out what's going on. Perfect. So you can add one d4 to that roll. Okay. That will be a 14 in total. Okay, so with a 14, here's what you know. You uh, would you want to disembark, disembark, and then go closer because you would have to go closer to like. I'll, use, just, I'll just pull right up on it. You know how to turn them on and off. Is what I'm going to tell you. Okay. So what you want to do with that information, I'll let you. So I know how to turn them on and off. Yes. Um. Yeah, the the closest one that we kind of like stop by. Yeah, I'll just pull up right alongside of it so you can just like, because you're on top of the cart, right? You could just reach over and touch it. Yeah, because it's about eight feet. Yeah, because you're about eight uh, feet. Yeah, you'd have to maybe yeah. lean down a little, depending on how tall yeah. uh, tall the yeah. wagon is. But yeah, yeah, she'll 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 take a look to turn it on. Yeah, so you lean over the car, and you click Devin's <laughs> face. You click the <laughs> lamp, the the like the recessed button, and it clicks out, and you click in again. Nothing happens. Huh, looks like they're broken. And, I, and I'll try to cast mending on it. Just, I mean, I have limited knowledge of it, but I don't think you need to know how it works for mending. No, you just need to know where the break or tear is. So if it was like an internal break or something like that, please cast mending on this thing. I cast mending on it. Okay. You cast mending on the torch itself. Nothing happens. No luck. Okay. Okay. Do you guys want to keep going? Yeah, for sure. We don't need to stay in this dark for longer if we can't. If, I, I, I would have liked to brighten it back up, but if yeah, we don't need to linger. I appreciate it. All right, so you guys continue forth, and you've got the, the rattling of the cart, 
And as just as you guys begin to start going forth, you hear in the distance a deep guttural roar. And that's where we're in this episode. Dang it! I so wanted to be like, and as you reach down to the torch, gotcha! But they didn't roll high enough to be able to do that. Mm. Hey guys. Interesting. Welcome back. Indeed. Indeed. I'm hyped. (laughs) That's good. So we're going to be doing our outro a little bit differently this time. So we're not going to be doing uh, a a Gatling gun of things that we're going to be throwing at you. So instead, just if you want to listen to the after piece, you'll be able to listen to all the things and the discord and all that stuff. Um, So keep that stuff in mind. And I want you all to know the campaign two and campaign three had these bullshit fucking gimmicks at the end of these fucking episodes where they ask you questions to grow on and, and all this other stuff and I will be having that stories. for the first episode because I want it to be <laughs> I want it to be Chris and when we come back I'll have my own dumb bullshit gimmick it's gonna be great this is 100% not a reason to say that I haven't come up with one I just want a clean <laughs> vanilla experience also I haven't come up with one hey guys Thanks for coming mm-hmm. back. Thanks for have, having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did it. I just went to Goron. I fucking love it. I, I have. Indeed. Oh, you mean I stories? Have, as much fun as as no, not as coming back oh. to the show. Okay. No, I couldn't. Thanks for having me. No, we all <laughs> quit and came back. back. Yeah, we did. That's true. We had to renegotiate everybody's contracts. It was really weird. Like whoever quit first had the best chance to renegotiate. Yes. Anyways. <laughs> well, so we always say, we, we love, love you. you. We love you. Bye. 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 Bye.